Rasmus Asplen, boys. <laughs> Rasmus Asplen, how are we? Oh, I didn't think you'd forget. I would never forget Rasmus Asplen, my favorite hockey player. Move over, Carey Price, because Rasmus Asplen. Cole Caulfield, who? I don't know who Cole Caulfield is. I know Ras- only Rasmus Asplund. Short king, more like short criminal, short scammer. Move over for Rasmus Asplund. I remember at the beginning of the year, we looked at the Sabres roster. We knew Iko was getting traded, and we thought the worst of them. And I remember on this show saying they have a guy named Rasmus Asplund on their team. And he has slowly become my favorite hockey player of all time. Unbelievable. Rasmus Asplund gets the empty Un- netter last night against the Senate. Be a least, by the way. That was pretty good. Yeah. Part of my Leafs. Yeah. That, that's why Daniels uh, came out today with the uh, full Leaf support. Yes. Because as we met, as he mentioned before the show on today's episode, Daniel is the biggest Leafs fan. Yeah. I said that was, he, he saw the Dallas Aikens got the, the team option additional year in his contract. He was like, no, I'm done. Yeah. I can't do this for another year. Like the last two years have been too tough on me. So yeah. I'm going back to the hometown Leafs. How do you think uh, John Gibson feels, by the way, about that? He's going to be a Leaf next year. Anyway, well, based, so, based yeah. on last night, he or a couple nights ago, he made some spectacular saves. So he well, he's good, man. He's a good goalie. It's just, he needs a, <laughs> yeah, it's like he's good or something. good team. <laughs> it's like he's good or something. It's like uh, now there's just they just tore it down in front yeah. of the poor guy. <sighs> Brutal. Be- before we start though, I did tell Adam, I did not tell Daniel. I do have a surprise. Yes. Oh. Um, I'm not sure if you guys saw this going around a few days ago. There was this like list of questions, um, and it was about rappers. And yesterday, <laughs> uh, Overdrive put out a hockey version. Okay. I'm not gonna ask Overdrive? you guys, yeah, Overdrive uh. as in TSN. <laughs> Okay. I was about to say, if you're doing a rapper question, I'll just leave yeah, now because I won't, I won't have any answers. Absolutely not. I, I was going to make that comment. So I'm going to share my screen. We're going we're gonna to do something a little fun to start Is that why you show. have the OVO sweater on? Nope. Not why no. I have the OVO okay. sweater. It was you just, just felt like it? It was warm outside. Uh, but it was still sweater weather. So. Is this some sort of competition? Like, no, is this there, is not. No, no, it's not just a competition. Un- just look. Just it's wait. just. Uh, oh goodness! I want you to answer these questions. Okay. Okay. So we got your favorite player of all time. Okay. Player I dislike. Okay. Player that grew on me. Most overrated player. Most underrated player. And the goat. Okay. Daniel, do you want to go first? You go first, Adam. Of course. Uh, my favorite player of all time, not actually Rasmus Aspen. Are you sure? Uh, yes. It, it's Carey Price, obviously. Uh, a player I dislike. I mean, is Evander Kane too easy an answer? Um, Ryan Hartman, maybe. Okay. So player I dislike, Evander Kane. Player that has grown on me uh, is Ryan Hartman. <laughs> I'll say that. Uh, most overrated player. Oh, that's a good one. Who's really, who do I think is really overrated in the league right now? Because um, I think most people agree that Blake Wheeler is pretty over. I'll say Mark Shifley because, of course. Um, that's a good answer. Most underrated. I still don't think we respect Barkov enough, but I'll say for this season, it's Sidney Crosby. And for the greatest of all time, I will also say Sidney Crosby. Okay. I know I just call the GOAT underrated, but that's I think okay. this season he is not getting enough love. But yeah. Okay. Daniel. Just, is it okay? Just before you go, is this current guys or just all time? All, all time. time. Okay. It could be all time. Favorite. Okay. I'll go now. Favorite okay. player of all time, Jean Sebastian Jagir. 
player I dislike. Um, I think it's a tie. It's Brad Marchant and Ryan Smith. Good answer. Uh, why Ryan Smith? I think I know why, but I don't know. I just he just doesn't like him. I just I don't. I just kind of felt like he was a good player, but I could even put him in most overrated in my opinion because he was always called Captain Canada, but I don't think he was the marquee guy when you think of Hockey Canada. Okay. Yes, um, I hopefully not a lot of Oilers fans are listening to this, but well, they'll let you yes. know. It's yes, okay. um, player that grew on me, I'll say Dougie Hamilton. I think that um, I just never really saw him as an elite guy until he got to Carolina. Uh, you know, most... Mike Fudo was on the podcast. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> most overrated player, I'm gonna say Jonathan Taves. I don't think he should have been on the top 100. Wow. <laughs> wow! Because <laughs> Evgeny Malkin is a like. If you think about like, he is a franchise guy. He could be viewed as the franchise guy if he wasn't with Sidney Crosby. So I, man, name a player who ruined their reputation quicker than Jonathan Tapes. <sighs> Most underrated player right now. Um. <laughs> Honestly, I'm just gonna say Cole Caulfield. He uh. He's really dis- he really has surprised me. I think that it was going to be of a slump, but like once he got the coach that he needed, he's been amazing. Uh, the goat. Um, I'm going to say Marilyn Lemieux. Just the way he's been able to come back and forth from so many obstacles throughout his career and still be so dominant um, in multiple decades and multiple eras of the NHL. So that's what I think. Alex, I'm guessing you're going to give us yours now. Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm my favorite player of all time. This might be a very unexpected answer, uh, but it is Phil Kessel. Yeah. Like I wouldn't be a hockey fan, <laughs> like straight up, like uh, no lie. I would not be a hockey fan if Phil Kessel was not on the Leafs. Um, player I dislike, I'm going to go with Brad Marchand. I think it's a straightforward answer. Um, I don't, I, I will come back to a player that grown me because I need to think about it, but most overrated player, I, I did go with Blake Wheeler. Good. I did go with Blake Wheeler. I, I just don't think he's worth that money. And I think a lot of people talk extremely highly of him and I don't think he necessarily deserves that praise. Um, but most underrated player, same team, Kyle Connor. That's um, a good very one. good one. That's that guy, very good. That guy puts up goals and nobody talks about it because mm-hmm. he's in Winnipeg. Um, uh, we'll move on from that. But the GOAT, I, I'm going to go with um, Wayne Gretzky. I just, I don't, I, that might be the easy answer, but it's just my GOAT. Um, player that grew on me, I'm really stuck on this, guys. Like, I'll, I'll think my answer is probably. Uh, Dion Phaneuf, surprisingly, um, just for the fact that I think his time in Toronto and listen, I was like 12. Like, I, what are you what am I supposed to say about the crap I gave Dion Phaneuf at the age of 12? Um, but like, I think, uh, you know, maybe after he retired, not necessarily. Listen, maybe he wasn't the greatest on the ice, but I think what he did off the ice and the respect I think he had off the ice, that's how he grew on me. It wasn't necessarily uh, his play per se, more so what he did off the ice. I think that's very fair. 
Uh, I love that only one of us said Wayne Gretzky for the greatest of all time. That is very funny. Um, yeah, J.S. Jaguar, Kerry Price, and Phil Kessel. <laughs> when we, we that's insane to think of. That was fun. Uh, I like that, Alex. That was a good way to open the show. Good I like show. that a lot. Let us know what you think. Yeah. Tweet at us. Leave in the tick. Uh, you know, we could Leave probably do that comments. for the TikTok, right? That'd be yeah. really, really good. Yeah. Post it. Make it. It's, don't even post the clip. You know what? Just do that on our TikTok and I see will. what we get. I will. That'd be really cool. I'd love to see. Thank you for um, the idea. That and also because if you do the clip of me saying Crosby, I'm going to get more crap for it. I was about to say that. I'm like, that's just going to add more. You know what? Do it more. Do it, it more. Yes, I want to see what they say. I'll do it every time. I want their spa. I want the, the hate makes you stronger. Anyway, opening the show later. Actually, you know what? Let's make a we will talk about Doug Wilson stepping down as Sharks GM. Completely my for my fault. We didn't talk about it last episode. I accidentally cleared the notes uh, I had involving Doug Wilson. I'm guessing Alex restored them back to the dock because I was worried that we had lost them. Um, but on the docket, I want to have a discussion with the guys about the play-in, aka should there be a play-in for the NHL? Because the NBA, the play-in tournament was yesterday and today. Uh, let's go Brooklyn. Um, and then uh, I'll, you're going to talk about some women's hockey news. Uh, we're going to talk about Sidney Crosby, uh, Dallas Eakins for a little bit. Drew Dowdy's out, and maybe we'll look at the Western Conference playoff run, uh, the Habs and all that. But to open up the Leafs as well, we're going to talk about them. Last episode, we had a bit of a question. The last Vesna Trophy winner, so the last Hart Trophy winner who was a goalie who didn't win the Vesna Trophy, was a man by the name of Al Rollins. Now, Alex discovered, doing the research, that apparently the Vesna Trophy used to be what the Jennings currently is. For those of you who don't know, the, the Vesna is obviously the goalie of the year voted upon by the GMs, which they don't even understand why they have to do that because they're GMs, <laughs> not goalies. It's weird. And the Jennings is now awarded to the goalie or goalies that allow the fewest number of goals in the regular season. I think it's a minimum of 25 games played. Uh, like Leonard, I think Leonard, Leonard and Fleury won it combined last year, I want to say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was Al Rollins. I don't remember the year. For some reason, I didn't write it down. But it wasn't. It was stupid early. 1950-1951. That's insane. And we'd That's like to confirm that he is not related to Seth Rollins. Yes. It's really funny true. that I'm assuming none of us said it, but I think when we saw his name, we all thought of Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very good. Very good. The blackout. What's it called? The, what's his finisher called? The, I'm not uh, sure. Dro- not the drop kick. That was Randy Orton. I don't remember. No, that's Randy Orton. RKO. RKO. Randy Orton. He has both. No, it was the, it was the punt kick. Yes, yes, and yes, was, and it was. The yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yeah, or yeah. like leg drop was Hulk Hogan. Yes. Yeah. And apparently that like really messed up his back or his butt or something because he just the weight going down and probably the weight of the muscles on the steroids and something like that. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, just, yeah. you know, uh, no, I'm sure it was just that move that really messed him up. And, you know, yeah. n- not maybe not nothing else. No, no, nothing no, nothing anything, else. But, you know, yeah. I tell you guys something too. One thing I um I didn't know until. Before we move on, in terms of like the steroid scandal that was going on with the WWE in yeah. like in the eighties and nineties, yeah. When I actually saw like the court files of it when I was a lot older, I'm like, wait a minute, his his real name's not Hulk Hogan. Wait, <laughs> right, what is it like? It's Terry something. Bolia. That's weird. Well, yeah. don't forget, it's not the only controversy. Remember they had the concussion stuff. There was the yeah. Chris Benoit stuff. See, you know, it's actually interesting because. Like injuries in that with that because you guys you know you guys know who Matt Hardy is right yeah yeah you know the, the less famous Hardy brother um 
And I'm uh, sorry, I want yeah, when he was a crazy go do and delete thing. It was funny. But so he had the move where he like dropped off. He jumped off the top rope and did the leg drop. Apparently he did that so much. He was saying like his like parts of his tailbone and like this other part were fusing. Like the bones were fusing together Whoa. and he had to stop doing it. it it's, it's their um, their injuries are insane. I'm amazed that Jeff is still wrestling because the guy just throws himself off of tall things into tables all the time. So I'm, I'm he, amazed that he was my favorite. Still he was my favorite wrestler growing up. A Same. fun fact Same. that was six years old. I got to meet him at wow. Wonderland, Canada's Wonderland. What was he doing at Canada's Wonderland? Um, I think, um, I don't know. It was like some promotion thing. And then um, if you want to, I didn't win the contest, but if you won the contest, you could go on Cyclone with him. Oh, that's Did cool. You, oh, you didn't win. I didn't win. <laughs> That's oh, that's, uh, well, you know, it's okay because now we're talking about them on the podcast. Okay, the yeah. Leafs. We can open the show talking about them, Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, the game last night versus Buffalo. I'll just read the Sheldon Keefe quote, shall I? And I think this was a pretty good pretty good uh, description. Is it from Terry Koshan? It is, yes. Uh, I know exactly what it is. Um, it's fun. I just noticed this, the screenshot I took of it. Alex Hanimian retweeted. <laughs> so, yeah, I know where this is going. Um, Keith, games like this is why we're still competing for home ice in the first round. We played so well for most of the season against most of the teams in the league. Nights like this are holding us back from competing uh, to win the division. That's the disappointing part. Now, Alex sent this little graphic that I thought was really, really interesting. And it's actually, it's actually kind of surprising when you look at it. Um, and we can get, get the specifics of the game later. But it's the points percentage of the Leafs, the Panthers, the Lightning, and the Bruins versus playoff teams versus non-playoff teams. And what's funny is when you look at non-playoff teams, of the four, the Leafs have the worst points percentage. And I believe they went 0-3 against the Sabres this year. They have the worst points percentage against non-playoff teams. Mm-hmm. They have, yeah. But, but the funny part about that stat is the points percentage above it. They have yeah. the best points percentage against playoff teams among those four. By the way, for reference, the against playoff teams, Boston are at point four eight four. Tampa are straight 500. The Panthers are 657. The Leafs are 667. Isn't that just lovely? I've never seen a stat quite define the Leafs season as perfectly as that. The term playing down to the opponent has been thrown around so much this year. And it's not just a this year thing, though, right? Like it's been like that. Okay. Uh, the last. I want to say three years. I'll give them the first two years because I, I, that's they weren't as good as they are now, um, and and it's been a consistent issue. Whether it's Babcock, whether it's Keith, like it, it's not a coat. Like this is why I when it I, I always see I still see people complaining about Keith, um, and it's like, okay, so tell me what coach are you magically going to bring in? Uh, that's going to completely change things. Because I I think 
you look, I think keeps pretty straightforward, especially with the media. A lot of the times, you know, I, I remember Justin Boring saying one time um, who worked with Sheldon Keefe, by the way, saying, you know, sometimes he's a little passive aggressive and yeah, I can very much oh, yeah. see that in the media. Um, but a lot of the times he's very much straightforward. There's no hidden, like rarely a hidden message. Just like, look at that quote. That's as straightforward as it can get. Everything I would have said today, Sheldon Keefe said last night, right? Um, so it's I, I just it's not a coaching thing. Like I I don't know what needs to be done to give him a kick up the butt, but it that's what needs to happen because it's kind of exhausting. I like to borrow something um, first from Steve LeBron from Twitter. He did mention <laughs> it, but it was more so about every team competing right now in Toronto. Um, Every team is going to be probably playoff bound, you know, hopefully with the Blue Jays as well. And he just says, like, isn't it the most Toronto thing that you could beat a contender? And then the next game, like he used the example of the Raptors losing to the Orlando Magic. And then he used another example of 2019 where the team that eventually did win a championship, we have to remember, lost their first game against their Orlando Magic on a shot over Kyle Lowry. And it was like DJ Augustine, who was a former Raptor. And then I just think about that, where it is such a Toronto thing for this thing to happen, because I think about the 7-3 win that we talked about against the Winnipeg Jets. And, you know, everybody showed up. Great game all around for everybody. And then we think about the other games as well, where why are they struggling to score against Arizona? Or, again, it was Peter Morazic in net for that second game, but those are like the highlights we're thinking about now that those were like pretty bad low points for the team. And we think back now where I know you're not worried, Alex, about it, but it's something that we've mentioned about the consistency of this team of where they're at right now. And I believe it was Alex Bob Garner who mentioned with Florida's win last night and the Leafs loss, I think it's what, 10 points now between yeah. both teams. Yes. The Panthers are ahead by 10. Yeah. Can I read another stat I found on Twitter last night? Sure. So these are the top five leaf killers. This is from Kalendal Wark. Love the name. Uh, so number five is Montreal. They went two and two. Uh, Pittsburgh is number four. They're one and two. And remember, one of those losses is without Crosby, Malkin, Carter, Rust, and Latang. They would go on to lose that game 7-1. Arizona, they're 0-1-1. Buffalo, they're one in three, and Vancouver, they're 0 and two. Yeah, those points are going to bite you. They're going to bite you. Oh, uh, listen, it's um, it's so strange because we talked about the game that they lost to Montreal, which was a game where they couldn't score. But Allen was fantastic. And they go the next night and they beat the Panthers. Then they beat the Tampa Bay Lightning. And it's like, oh, oh my. Uh, and it might seem like nitpicking, but the playoffs are nearly here. If we're looking at it, uh, right now, the Toronto Maple Leafs have nine games left in this season. They're fourth place. They are third in the East, which is hilarious. Um, ahead of the Rangers. Isn't that funny with the game in hand? Uh, neat stat. But then you look at their opponents, and there's no disrespect to Buffalo because, let's be honest, the past month or so, the Sabres have been uh, magical to watch. Uh, there's just been right. something with that team since um, since Tuck showed up. 
where they've just been this otherworldly sort of magical thing. Um, but they're 25th place, if we're going to put this into perspective. They're 25th. They are a point behind the Red Wings, and the Red Wings have two games in hand. They are worse than the Sharks. They are only better than the Sens, Chicago, the Devils, the Flyers, the Kraken, the Coyotes, and the Montreal Canadiens. And you With, couldn't beat yeah. them. Yeah. Mm. With all due respect to the Buffalo Sabres, if I go and the games that the Leafs played against Tampa, Florida, Dallas, uh, who else? Boston, like over the last few weeks, that team should have beaten this one, but it didn't. Why? Like someone has to, someone's got to dumb it down for me and explain it because it makes no sense. Like you said at the beginning, Adam, they're playing down to their opponent and it's been an issue for years and it's not a coaching thing. What is it then? Now, listen, you could be thinking, listening at home. Well, I mean, they're beating the good teams. That's true. But, you know, sure. once you get to the playoffs, it's and it's all good sorry. Teams. Sorry to say this, but, you know, look at their playoff record. You know, it's it, yeah. over the past couple of years. It doesn't. It, 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 I think there's there's a right to be concerned, but at the same time, you know, it's just these next like historically the playoffs are so important when it comes to momentum going in, and I think like I think this might be Sheldon Keith's biggest test of the year is how the Leafs continue to play. Now I do think uh, just moving on quickly, I believe Jack Campbell is set to play tomorrow. Yeah, um, like I think was there a nagging injury or something, or they wanted to rest him? Then that's why Shalgren got the game. He wasn't that's great. Said. He wasn't great. But he doesn't need to no. be lights out. He is just sort of Shalgren is like the fourth goalie, and he's doing his job right now. Yeah. You can't be too upset. Well, he's, 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 the, he's the third goalie. He's the third goalie. I'm not putting him ahead. Have some respect Michael for Michael Hutchinson. Damn it! I will not. He'll never go. He'll never go away. <laughs> I love it. Um, but you know that's a game against the Caps, which is uh, a playoff I, team. Which is yeah, and and you know what the Caps have been hot lately. Yeah. They've been capping off. And yeah, and do you know who is four goals away from hitting 50? Alex Ovechkin. Monsieur Alexander Ovechkin. Yeah. <laughs> and he's about to go play Montreal and Toronto. How do you think that's going to go? He's hitting 50 <laughs> this weekend. I'm, I'm telling oh, yeah. you right now. Over under. Uh, he has I, to have I, at least two goals this, this I, weekend. At least. I, I think you're pretty spot on um, with that. The next game um, is, is a test. I just I don't necessarily think it's a test. Like, why do you think it's a test for Sheldon Keefe? That's where maybe I disagree with you. I just I don't see this as coaching. That's why it's it's not so much a criticism of coaching. It's itself based on what we've seen. It's more about getting that team's headspace together and making sure that they are the details are set. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is listen, Sheldon Keefe doesn't. Listen, when Sheldon Keefe is upset, he very much makes it upset, as, as we, we've just talked about. Um, and I, I just think it, it just you. The thing is, he has to make sure that team is ready. They've right. been playing well, but it does not matter if all of a sudden they feel flat and they have no confidence going into the playoffs, especially because they are they're ahead right now. But we have to remember without even looking at the top of my head, I'm pretty sure there's another Florida game in there. Yeah. And another their, Tampa game. And another Tampa game. I believe game, so, yeah. Which, if they fall a little bit, they're going to lose home ice. It's not 
they're in a good spot. The math is in their favor, as Alec Freeman would like to say. But I just think there was a responsibility with Sheldon to get them ready. Um, obviously, the players are out. The players have to play, but I do think there is still a coaching side of he's got to get them ready. He's been doing a good job of it, but this is such a crucial time of the year. That's what I mean. Yeah, no, I guess. Yeah, I agree with that. I maybe I'm looking a little too far ahead and for trying to predict the future, but a, like he's gonna have to do a lot wrong for when if they lose in round one or round two or whatever round for me to say that's his fault. He's going to have to do a lot wrong in my opinion. Maybe like maybe I'm thinking way too highly of Sheldon Keefe and this I'm not saying I, I I'm not even putting him in Jack Adams uh conversation or whatever. I I don't think he's there. I'm just what what he's done and how the players have followed a lot of the times to me it's the it's on the players. Like maybe, maybe I'm way he, too harsh, but biggest test wasn't the right use of words other than it would be very important for Sheldon to make sure the troops uh, are ready. Yeah. yeah. yeah no, maybe 100%. I shouldn't say nine games. The regular season isn't what dif- I don't want to try and say if he doesn't do well in these nine games <laughs> and he's toast, you yeah. know, yeah, yeah, obviously yeah. if they get swept by like Tampa or something in the first round, then, maybe we then we're have a bit of reflection here. But yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I, the I think right now it's more of you're prepping for the major exams, right? What is yeah. the first, that is the first round. I think what I, the way I see right now is the f- yesterday and the next nine games are more of just working out the kinks. I think that have been there. I think this is an excellent team. It is a contending team. It's just this, you know, this wave they've been putting us on of these waves of emotions of, you know, you look like a complete team. And then the next time you've, you lose to a bottom dweller team. And I know it's nothing that's new to us, but it's just something where, again, like we keep, we always mention it, like the first round we mentioned, okay, what happened last year? You know, don't get complacent when you have the lead. Don't get complacent when you know that you're a team that could win it. So I think for right now, it is just that prep moment that I'm just going to see it as right now is just work out what you can before you get into the really serious like games that are meaningful. Uh, down the stretch here, uh, no timeline for Andre Kosh's return is a concussion, unfortunately. Uh, man, that guy is just so unlucky in his career. Um, pretty important player for the Leafs to lose. I, I think I was watching Tim and Sid for like, a, no, sorry, Tim and Friends uh, for like a few <laughs> seconds the other day. And they were asking something. I'd love to get your guys' opinion on it. Yep. Beside the big four, who is the most important forward for the Leafs going forward with Kasha being out? Wait, so the four is Tavares, Matthews, Marner. Yes, Matthews. Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares. And no defenseman. Defenseman, oh, yeah. no, no. So Michael Bunting. Michael Bunting, really? Okay. And who do you have, Alex? This might be an unconventional answer. Yeah. Uh, I kind of have it as David Kampf. You want to know what Jesse... Oh, I could see that. Is it Jesse Rubinov? Yeah, you know, he, he said uh, he said Ilya Mikheyev. That's a good really? shout too. Yeah. That's a good shout too because uh, I think now he's playing on the second line uh, with Tavares and he played um, himself out of Toronto Kerfer. with how, how the raise he could get. Stop, my colleague. No, I'm. I, I, I've had <laughs> Some about people. enough for that. Some people. I, it's what it was. One person. I'm not going to name him, but 
I like to say that we we chose guys that uh wait Adam you didn't pick someone. Um well, for me beside the big four. Hey um that's a good question actually. Uh not bunting because bunting doesn't have to score, he just has to be a rat bastard. You know, I don't think I don't think you need to push uh Kasha. I mean you don't need to push bunting to do that. Like no, no if if he fails and that stops Matthews and Marner, then like Let's calm down here. Yeah, um, bigger issues. Ooh. For the sake of being different, I'm going to say Alex Kerbett. Because if he can be really effective in like a bottom six role, if that team's all healthy and he can be as good as he was in the playoffs last year, um, I think in like if it's a third or fourth line capacity, I think that could be massive for their depth going forward. Because what do we talk about? And what was I always on about all year? You got to have that stud third line. And if he can play well in a different role. Um, and I think what Kerfoot's played all over the lineup, I saw he was like at one point, I think when Robertson was in, he was on the fourth line and all that. And I'm not even going to entertain Matthew Knives playing because I'm so sick of that. Um, we'll talk about it in a second. Um, but but yeah, I, I'll say Kerfoot for the hell of it. Why not? Hey, great. So we chose three guys that offer different elements from the core four. So yeah. I like that. I love that. <laughs> literally, Yo, literally. Legit. They have to. Like, it's just, you know, that's how depth works, man. Um, yeah. yeah. So Dragger said Matthew Knives and he met with Dubas and they're making the decision soon. Yeah, okay. How, how do you guys, uh, how do you guys feel about I this? Because I am so care. sick of this, this discourse. I'm so sick of it. You know, for I'm, me, oh, go on. Yeah. No, no, go ahead, Daniel. Okay. For me, it's just remember, like, I think this guy was drafted last year. He was 57th overall. It's not like we're talking like he's, I think he's going to be a great player for sure. But I, it's, we're not talking about Kale McCarr, you know, is a fourth overall pick going to sign? Is he not going to sign? I think even if this guy does all of the, all of the years in college and then he comes in, I think that's still going to be pretty solid. You already know by his second year, he's NHL ready. So I wouldn't mind. I promise, and I mean this with all due respect to Matthew Nice, because apparently it doesn't seem like it's going to be an issue to sign him at one point, which I saw kind of flying around otherwise. But that was Arizona stuff, so I don't really take them seriously. Um, he does not need to sign. I almost guarantee you it will not make a difference. He will play on the fourth line. He... He will. I'm gonna like. He will play on the. Where else is he going to play? Not on the first line. Maybe the second line. That's a. That's a lot to throw a man, a 19 year old, in the playoffs. Second line minutes. Are you crazy? Like, come on. I'm sorry. So it's fourth line, and I don't think it really matters right now. I'm looking like if you look at next year. Okay, forget about this year. Matthew Knives isn't going to be a difference maker for this playoff. It's just not going to happen. Let's look at how he, where he could play next year, right? And I was thinking, I'm like, you're not going to shot him. Like, Bunting has a spot on the top line. He's got the other year in his contract. Not even the thing. Yeah. Best possible, yes, it's going to be that second line, but I don't know if his place. There's a lot of questions there. Plus, you know, Dubas is going to sign like six guys in the offseason. They're all going to yeah. try out for it. You know Maybe Engvall, who knows? We never know. It's, it's a whole thing. Um, it's that or the AHL. Um, or, and I'm sure he'd be a significant part of the Marlies. For sure. Or you go back to school, 
Apparently, Minnesota are going to be good next year. You're going to be the guy there. You could be in for a Hobie Baker. I just, I literally do not see a single problem with it. I know people are Neither like, do I. It's just, it's, it's, what it almost feels like the people overreacting to this have never followed a drafted player out of the NCAA. This happens every prospect. And it's just, it's just fanning the flame at this point. It's, but, it's oh. like, what is the, okay, like, if you're watching this and you feel this way, why? I just, I, I'm so like, the the team is it, it, putting Matt where putting who's he going to replace? I I don't understand. Their fourth line is already rotated every single game. I don't even know what it's going to look like when the playoffs start. So we're going to throw a nineteen year old into fourth nine minutes playing against. Okay, so if it's Tampa. <laughs> Oh my God! Back you're to gonna back play Stanley Cup champions, and we're gonna throw darts L- at the wall. Listen, I, I know I said I know I said he's like six foot uh, five and like or how old tall was he? I don't six foot three and like two hundred and five pounds. I remember he was a he was a heavier set man. That's not gonna make a difference when Pat Maroon runs his ass over. Like I couldn't be more clear about that when Zach Bogosian on the third pairing of the Tampa Bay lightning, and it will hurt my heart. It will hurt my heart runs that man over. It's not going to matter. Like it's just be the difference between him. And I don't know, give me a name on the fourth line, call him Blackwell right now in the playoffs with no NHL experience is not going to do you any good. Okay. I think people have uh, this is my last thing to see, but I think no, people no have a lot of a doomsday thought about it because they look at worst case scenarios and CAA players not signing. So Jack McBain with the Minnesota Wild, or biggest thing like recently, Adam Fox not wanting to go to either Calgary or Carolina. And I think right now everyone is just going to think he's going to finish college and then he's not going to want to sign. So just try to get this guy as soon as possible. But one thing I, I feel like people who are already going to talk bad about it right now are going to say he's going to enter the lineup, you know, hypothetically. And they're just going to say, Oh, look at the Leafs prospect pool. Now. See like, that guy's not considered a prospect anymore. You know, like, another thing, like I really, if, if I'm his father, you don't know how long your career is going to be. Go get a degree. A degree is going to do a lot for you rather than, you know, you don't finish. You get a few years and I don't know, maybe you get a scouting job, but like, who knows? To, to, to add on to Daniel's point at the beginning, and they did talk about it on, I don't know if you guys listened to SDP last night. No. Okay. So one of their, I don't remember who made the point. It might've been Adam or Jesse. I don't remember, but to add on to Daniel's point about this doomsday scenario, the day Austin Matthews signed his contract extension in Toronto, what was the first thing that was being talked about other than Mitch Marner's dad? What was, was the, the first? No, it, no, no, not the bonuses. Where was he going to go after the contract ended? Because it was five years. The day he signed the contract extension, the first conversation was, Oh my God, it's five years. In five years, he's going to Arizona. That was the conversation. Oh, yeah. Wasn't that, didn't Brian Burke say that? Yeah, but like, 
it, he wasn't the only one to say that. Let's put it that way. I miss him on sports. Yeah, he, he was not the only one to say that. And I think that's like, I understand why people have the doomsday mentality. Stop, please. It's not helping anyone. Even if he leaves in two years, like I get it. It's bad. But crying about it now about Matthew Nice, who, yes, from Arizona, it's not going to do you any good. Stop. It's over. Please. Oh, man. Okay. Also, I want to give a shout out to Owen Power, who I thought played pretty well in that game. Yeah. It's, uh, it feels like there wasn't quite enough made about that, that the first overall pick. What is this? I always get the state mixed up. Was it 2009, Eric Johnson? 2006. 2000. I was going to say 2007. So this is probably, yeah, the first overall pick since Eric Johnson, 2006, who did not play his rookie season, like right after he was drafted, goes to Michigan. Obviously, Michigan don't win, which is unfortunate. Pretty bad choke there. They were expected to win the whole thing. He signed. Same with Maddie, Maddie Beneers, who got a point last night. Shout out to Seattle being up 3-1, breaking my heart, and then losing 5-3 to to Calgary. Nice job, guys. Um, that game was crazy. Like I, I tuned in at the beginning of the third period, and I'm like, what so, is going on? Like, so How did Seattle, awful. first of all, build up the lead? And then, well, congrats, Johnny Goudreau, 100 points. His parents were in the... I'm happy for him, by the way, because he had that 99-point year, and that must have bothered him to no end. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Alex's boy got the game-tying goal. Who's that? Andrew Manjupani. Andrew Manjupani. Manja. What a great name. Andrew Eat Bread. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the Habs had a respectable loss to the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Mark Shifley was hurt. So, unfortunately, the Bell Center crowd did not get the opportunity to boo him. Okay. Always I next think- year. Now, yeah, oh, yeah. When he gets traded to New York. I'm going to say it's going to happen. <laughs> Um, Wait, which one? Wait, which one? The Rangers. The Rangers. Okay. Apparently, I think it was Larry Brooks was saying that maybe if if Strom doesn't get worked out there, that maybe they go get Mark Shifley. Um, that wouldn't make sense. Um, uh, guys, I gotta be honest. So you know, at the end of the Leafs game, the Habs are on that power play, um, and Hoffman at the point takes a shot when Coe Caulfield was wide open. Yeah. Uh, you remember how we had the discussion about the Habs signing him? It was the, the prediction show where Daniel guessed correctly that Tyler DeFoley was going to be a hab. Yeah. And my thing against against Hoffman at the time was he was an empty calorie player that only scores on the power play. Never in my life have I seen a player who his advanced numbers line up so well to the eye test. The play goes to Mike Hoffman and it disappears in a heartbeat. The man feels like has no hockey sense, no hockey IQ. I don't want him back next year. I am so like uh, the positivity around the Martin St. Louis Habs. It's been a whole thing, right? You know, well, the price may play this week. We'll get to that in a second. But my goodness, I hate Mike Hoffman. He is nothing. Absolutely nothing. I, I rem- oh, sorry. I remember when he signed the my kind of my first thought was, oh, he's kind of like Thomas Tatar's replacement. Um, in a way, uh, I guess I guessed wrong. Um, like clearly, like I clearly guessed wrong. At least with Thomas Tatar, there was also this added, like I don't know. He seemed 
He was he's he was seen popular. Five on five. He he's seemed brilliant. pop. Yeah, but he also seemed popular among like the fan base, right? Oh, yeah. That that yeah. too. Yeah. I like. I just don't get that perception. I'm like. I'm just totally off base with that one. I apologize. At least Druin can drive play, because there's a lot of comparisons there. Hoffman just he gets it, and it's just kind of like I don't know what to do. Chip it and gives possession away or some stupid play like that. And I'm like, what are you doing, man? He's so frustrating to watch. I can't stand him. Man, if you want a better example of how Bergman didn't use analytics, uh, look at Mike Hoffman. Uh, my goodness. Uh, another news around the Habs, they do play the Blue Jackets tonight. I want to show you guys something, actually. I didn't. I wasn't thinking about this. So I, uh, I, I took a screenshot of the Habs. Um, of the Habs. Hold on. There's my new desktop picture of Price. And uh, can you see that? Yeah. Can you can you see a schedule now? I can. Okay. So what I have here is uh, I predicted the rest of the Habs season in games that I think they could win or lose. Uh, you see, there's a question mark against the Columbus Blue Jackets because I don't know how it how it could feel. So if you get like one point, it's acceptable, but I don't really have it. The Islanders, I think they can beat. The Capitals should be a loss. Minnesota should be a loss. Philly, I'm terrified as a win. Same with the Sens. The Bruins, they should lose to. The Rangers, they should lose to. And even if they're resting guys at the last game of the year, they should lose to the Panthers. I don't know if, it, if it's... I read it out so people who are not watching the YouTube could sort of get a sense of it. Um, but that's where I am with the Habs right now. Is uh, I don't know if they're going to get last because I think they have a game in hand over Arizona, which is tough, but... Top three, guys. That's the standard. Top three. Exactly. Okay. Uh, in other news, uh, Justin Barron's season is done. He won't require surgery, but he's out for – he'll be back with training camp. Uh, we know Jake Allen as well, which is unfortunate. Um, we already knew about Jonathan Duran. But he's been put on LTIR the other day, which now gives the, the Habs enough room to activate one carry price. Are you excited? So, that's exciting. Are you okay? I was going to ask this earlier, but even if he's in net, I know you're not as extreme as Patrick Talon, who said, what would you want the Habs to do? And he said, go 0-10. Yes. Did you? Would you be okay if they still went 0-10? Uh, listen, okay, here's the thing. I'm obviously going to the last home game of the year. I, I do every year. Is that Florida? It is. Did I read that right? Okay. It is, yes. So, listen. I want, this is my one thing. I would like Carey to start that last game. If that is indeed his last game ever as a hab, I want to be there for it. Okay. The game he starts, whether it's Washington or the Islanders, whoever it is, I will be furious if they lose that game. Because remember when he, he broke the games played record for Montreal Canadiens goaltenders. And they lost to the Jets. I remember Galchenyuk could tie the game up late, and it was like, there we go, and he lost. I've never forgiven them for it. Um, so do I want them to lose? Yes, but I want Kerry to get a win, and I want it to be a win in front of the Bell Center crowd because I think he deserves it. Uh, again, you know me. My standard is a top three pick in this year's draft. Fourth is the absolute worst-case scenario that I can survive with. And they'd have to finish second last for that to be the worst case scenario because of the new rules. Yes, yes. So um, that's where I am. I don't. Uh, that's obviously perfect, but I, I think Carrie deserves to have a win. 
if the cap, the boys can't get him that, then you know, just I may not watch a game for the rest of the year, <laughs> excluding the one I'm going to. Um, there was a, a press conference. Martin St. Louis was doing, and as he's leaving, a reporter stops and he's like, "Is Carrie net?" And he just kept walking and laughing because he's like, "Enough, enough of it." Um, that's a Kent Hughes made a joke in one of his press conferences saying, I feel like every press conference they asked me about Carrie Price, it's like, yeah, well, I wonder why <laughs> uh, you should have known that when you got the job. My friend. Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of been the face of the franchise for more than a decade. The, probably the biggest name in Canadian hockey before the Leafs got good. Uh, it's probably Carrie Price. So, uh, you have some respect, but yeah, that's, uh, not too much to say about the Habs because, um, they're not in the playoff spot they haven't been, all year. Literally, they started the year 0-5. There was never a chance. Uh, it was ridiculous. Okay, so the NBA play-ins happening. Um, I hate it. I hate weird. the play yeah. I don't like it. I think the playoffs are a sacred thing. I would almost enjoy having less teams. I under I was talking to Baldwin, Will Baldwin about this, and he said to me that he likes there's more meaningful games down the stretch, which I appreciate. Um, bigger things for for you know the fans, and we saw that with the Timberwolves. They were celebrating. It was they were shirts were off on the announcer's table. It was hilarious, right? They won the championship. Yeah, I, that's how they I, celebrated. Was, was, it, was it Kyle Kuzma who was like they won the chip? Yeah, and like I I you know one thing of like I my favorite line I understand. I appreciate your points. I still hate it. I don't like, and I am admitting that as a fan of a big market team, I do leave the playoffs alone. What do you guys think? Um, I understand it because I think, I think I'm just using other leagues as examples or like with the NHL, when they brought in the wild card, they wanted to do something different from just the division leaders and the traditional one to eight, because I remember it was Carolina or Washington. If one of them gets one point over the other, it's either you're in third place or you're in ninth place. So I think that's just one example, but it's also, I, I think about with two things. So first with the NBA, I think just the history of the super teams and you you kind of always knew what was always going to happen. There wasn't uh, there wasn't as many upsets as there were, and I think it's just a bigger introduction of you know the teams that usually don't make like you know Charlotte Hornets. They usually are not going to make make it, but you give fans a little more to that. And the other example I have, the second one is baseball. Is it's expanded now because. For example, the Blue Jays did like the way they were in the old system. They didn't make the playoffs from 1993 until 2015. And it was because first it was just the division leaders that made the playoffs. Then they introduced just the two wildcard spots. And then that was still super difficult to make it to the playoffs. So I think it is the fan service of wanting to expand things and just keep people invested even more, even if it's just a couple more games. One quick thing. Will did say to me he didn't think the NHL needed it. I want I forgot to mention that. I don't want a radio Will. <laughs> Sorry, Will. Uh, <laughs> no. Um again, I, I agree with like I I understand it from uh a couple angles. Uh from a business angle, like yes, I understand why you why you would want it. But um I just I don't think the NHL needs it. Uh, 50% of the teams now, literally now, statistically, 50% of the teams uh, make the playoffs. 
Um, and that's a lot. And what that does, and I understand why that's the case. And what that does is that allows for some serious upsets. Like we saw four, three or four years ago uh, where Columbus beat Tampa Bay after pretty much being the best team of like the decade. Mm-hmm. Um I don't think the NHL necessarily needs it considering, you know, Gary Bettman's plan of parody. The will always we sh- if there truly is parody in the NHL, we'll always see maybe the top teams will necessarily be the same. Uh like the Tur- Tampas, the Bostons, the Floridas, the Colorados, the Vegases, whatever. But I think if the, it's truly there's truly parity in this league, the let's say four to eight, if we're, we'll go back to that for a second, the four to eights may or may not be different or may be in different orders and stuff like that. And I think that's what the NHL probably wants. And that's why it's set up the way it is. And I just, I don't necessarily think the NHL uh, needs a play in round. Yeah. Uh, one thing I just like to mention, by the yeah. way, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I've sent you guys this stat before. Um, when they say baseball this is the one, the one of the leagues that doesn't have a salary cap, in the last 30, 30 World Series has been twenty one different winners. Wow. So yeah, I just I just like to point that one. <laughs> so what what is the play? And remind me, is it the two? Is it nine and ten or? It's a seven to ten. Seven to ten. So if we did that in the NHL. Just funny enough, really, like if that would bring the Islanders and Columbus up. So as we know, the Capitals are in the second last wild card spot at 92 points. The Islanders at nine are at 77. If we now the the, the if we go to the West, it's a lot more interesting because then that would guarantee that Vegas and Vancouver are in there, and it would be funny because the Jets would still just miss out. <laughs> um I love an agenda. Isn't it really funny that one of their games got uh postponed because there's Blizzard in Winnipeg. I mean, how more Winnipeg can we get, people? Um, but yeah, like it's just um I just don't like it. I just uh, it just it just rubs me the wrong way. I think like you gotta earn the playoffs, not like oh you know cooking in front, like hey, hey, you wanna want just a little, make it a little easier, you know? Uh like Columbus, a team that doesn't uh like the coyotes get hot one year and they don't actually spend any money. It's like a little you want a little dog treat, little uh Little coyote, one little treat, little uh, little the playing revenue right there for you. When it has 21 20 year olds on the roster, all on ELCs, <laughs> just gross, just absolutely disgusting. Like there is no way, realistically, that the Jets have any right to be in the playoffs right now, or the Islanders. They've been bad, not all their fault, but you know they've been bad. Um, I just I don't like it. I don't, I really don't like it. Okay, Doug Wilson has been the GM in San Jose for uh, a long time, to say the least, uh, has stepped down. He has not been with the team a majority of the season because he has had some sort of medical situation. We don't know the details, nor should we if he doesn't want to share them. Um, a search will be made. It will be extensive. The word is even if it goes past the finals, if there's a guy they want, the Sharks will wait um, they will not be doing a full rebuild, which uh, that's always been the thing in San Jose. They've never been interested in it. apparently the, the markets like that. I understand. Um, 
One guy I did want to mention, Jeff Merrick had mentioned this on 32 Thoughts last week. Uh, a name to look out for is John Ferguson, uh, who is currently in Arizona, formerly around with the Leafs, uh, and sub he's an AGM at the time, or um, with apparently, the Leafs. Yes, uh, he no, was he, the full GM. He was the general oh, he was manager. The full GM. Oh yes, he yes, was he, the general manager. Did he trade the yes. Hamilton pick, no, or was that no? That, so uh, pick? He did. That, that was Burke. Yeah, he did the Tuker ask. Oh, he uh, did. Oh, Andrew Ray Croft. And then he gave oh. all of the veterans no movement clauses. Oh, he made the Muskoka five, did he? Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Well, never mind. Um, you know what's funny? Uh, just one random fact with that. Before Cal Dubas, John Ferguson Jr. was considered like the up and coming young executive that's going to turn around the franchise. He's been around. Like, he spent time in Boston. And that. I, I remember we actually had this discussion and I said, yeah. he deserves a second chance. Oh, um, no, he absolutely so does. Apparently, back in the day, he was at the interview for the Sharks job, but um, Wilson got the job instead. And apparently, after being fired in Toronto, Wilson hired him as a scout for a bit. So there's a history. And what did we see in Montreal? The first name was Kent Hughes. That was the guy. Vancouver, Patrick Albee stayed there. So maybe early favorites, you say it's John Ferguson Jr. Maybe. maybe. We'll He's see. You, man, you know who's going to get wrapped up in all this, too? Matthew Darsh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's going to be guy. there again. Poor guy. And like he'll that. Be, and, he'll be a finalist. And, yeah. Or, or um, uh, well, maybe not so much this guy, but if Matt and Martin Madden Jr. Like that, if I'm the. Don't do that to me. No, uh, no. Don't you dare do that I, to me. I understand. I understand. Patrick's never going to come back on, though. Well, I'm going to say it anyways. To me, that makes the most uh, sense. I, I think bringing in a guy who who has the who has a good drafting ability um, that would do wonders for that team in particular if they're not interested in going through a rebuild. What for did guys, we say? Oh, oh, sorry, go ahead, Dan. Sorry. Oh no, I was just gonna make a joke. You guys forgot a name. Who's been interviewing a lot? Oh, um, hold on. So it's been Matthew Darshmar and Matt Jr. Oh no! Well, no, because remember they they stopped. Anaheim stopped Matt and Martin Jr. Yeah. I already, I already, <laughs> I think I already know Daniel's answer, and and I, you know what? I'm not having it. I'm gonna say not Pierre Maguire because he's gonna be the GM of the no. Senate in a couple of yes. years. Um, of course, yeah. You're on, you're on a close track. I think. Yeah, you're on, you're close. You're, you're close. You're close. You're, you're in the tier. Who? Peter Shirelli. Oh, that's uh, I go. Yeah. He was one of the finalists for the Blackhawks job. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh man, the Blackhawks no, job. No. Man, no one's criticizing Kyle Davidson now. I think maybe we owe him an apology because that yeah, Brandon no. Hagel move was good. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. He's um, friendly no. to the media. He uh, he sent out the details with the Caldubas conversation. So you know we need that type of content as journalists. So I, thank you. Do. I'm sure Dubas loved that. Yeah, sure. I, I, I'm having him. If I'm him, I'm just texting him saying, "Shut up, stop talking." Stop. Listen, there's there's difference in transparency that you guys need to focus on, not <laughs> conversations with trades. For the love of goodness gracious, what are you doing? I'd be so mad Ugh. if I was Dubas. Like, shut up and stop talking about this, dude. Oh my goodness. Um, but what do you guys see as as Doug Wilson's legacy? Because never has there been a, a like. 
he did so much good there, but the last couple of years in those long-term deals, starting with 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 Vlasic, has really, really, uh, and also Eric Carlson has really handcuffed the Sharks in this not even near future. It's going to be a couple of years. Yeah, I, I think the last few years he's made some decisions that maybe you know when you look at it now. Or even when you looked at it when they happened, it's just not great. But I think when you look at the San Jose Sharks, they've been like, okay, winning. Yes, they've never won a Stanley Cup, which is very unfortunate. Yeah. But they've very much been a model organization for most of the 2010s. And may and even before that, a little bit too. Like they've like they've never had problems that I can personally remember. I might be completely wrong, but I think around the league, like no one's talks trash about the San Jose Sharks, about things that go on off the ice. Um, it's funny. Apparently the relationship with Wilson and their owner in San Jose apparently was really good. So that people were like Freeman, they're saying that's going to make the job attractive. They're putting a committee together. Um, I was just looking up front. I'm like, man, the contract situation isn't bad, except Hurdle, but Hurdle's really good. And then I saw that Logan Couture is six years away from UFA and he is 33. Yeah. And I was like, damn. And I haven't even gotten to the defense. I, know, I was going to say, and then you haven't even <laughs> scrolled down to the fun part. And I don't even see the four year, four or five year buyout of Martin Jones there, too. And then we get to the defense. And it's, it's like, not good. oh my goodness. Oh, but they have. Kapokakinen, they got Reimer and Aiden Hill. Um, you, you've heard these. You've heard these contracts before. Uh, Mark Edward Vlasic has still five more years on that contract. Oh my God, he's thirty-five. He's getting bought out, and uh, it's not going to be good. Uh, Brent Burns is four years left at thirty-seven. Eric Carlson is thirty-one. He's been better this year. Yeah, six years left is tough. And at $11.5 million, I still will not believe that Doug Wilson gave him that contract. I still cannot believe that. I'm pretty sure he's still the highest paid D in the league. I think for me, when we think about Doug Wilson is, and like Alex said it perfectly, that they were a model organization for so long, like from my childhood to my adulthood, that's when they were a contender, basically. And I think that he's been able to pivot really well but I think a lot of it really just kind of caught up with him when he kept, I guess, like double dipping with the the star, the all star players, the star players, if you want to say it. Like one example is the Danny Heatley trade did not work out for them. He didn't play. He was past his prime and he was starting to decline. And he still made it. He still got Martin Havlat out of it and kept going and kept things going even when Evgeny Nabokov didn't want to sign with the team anymore he was able to pivot and fix the goaltending for a bit and right now uh, okay with one or more examples they didn't make the playoffs 2015 and then they go to the finals the next year and I think a big thing with him was relying on those star guys that he knew like there was that loyalty aspect he had with it it just it went over the edge when he started giving out these contracts when he had that core base of guys that he wanted there. He wanted them to win. Like, no, Thornton and Marlowe were there for so long. And then he has these current guys that it's the same thing too. Like we said about Nashville, that no matter what, they have to field at least like a competent team 
for that fan base to continue. Kevin Kurz, who used to cover the Sharks, was on the Jeff Merrick show, and it was a really good listen. And he talked about where they never had, if there was one downfall of that Sharks team um, in their best years, is they never had, they never had enough depth. Was a big thing. Um, and, uh, and Kevin Kurz, who now does the Islanders, which is a, you just imagine just being like you go from the high of the Sharks to the boringness of the. New York Islanders. Um, that's tough, but it was it was it was a really good sort of look at it. And what he sort of pinpointed is maybe the beginning of the end in San Jose was uh, not only losing Joe Pavelski, and no offense, but we saw Logan Couture and Eric Carlson arguing on the bench very vocally and very in public the other day in in a, in a Sharks loss. Um, and there was word about when Pavel. It wasn't even just Marlowe leaving, but it was Pavelski was the last sort of straw there. It wasn't even just Pavelski leaving. It was that they gave his money to not Eric Carlson, but to Evander Kane. And look how that ended up. It was a really, really good point made by Kevin yeah. Kurz. Um, and I mean, that really was the beginning. We all said, they'll sort him out. That team's culture. And then they lost all the guys. They That culture they built up just snapped out the way in a few years when they lost Marlowe, they lost Thornton, they lost Pavelski. Yeah, and that's I think that's an an underrated part of why San Jose had like why San Jose was the way it was for that long. Like, remember the captaincy went from uh, who Marlo. had it first from Marlowe to, to Thornton to um, who was Pavelski. after Thornton Pavelski, and now it's Couture, yeah. and it all happened while most of them were still there. Yeah. Like that's not that that doesn't normally happen in an NHL team, but the uh, for the the fact that it happened and it didn't really fracture at anything at all is a huge huge thing for the and how important that room was and how they stuck together, especially those guys. Yeah, great point I actually have here. Um, it was actually in a mistake I made with that timeline, but it's 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 the perfect point you said about building that culture and that leadership and accountability they had there. Because when I'm remembering right now, and I just checked it, it actually went from Marlowe to Rob Blake <laughs> to Joe Thornton and then Joe Pavelski. <laughs> Can we talk about how Rob Blake is now running an NHL team? Marlowe has not yet officially retired. Thornton is still playing. Pavelski is still playing. Okay. What the- that's hilarious. Oh. I didn't know Rob Blake was the captain for a bit. That's funny. Yeah, it was like for one season. That's good, man. Um, listen, whoever gets there, that's a tough job. It's a tough job. Uh, just let your AHL team, let that admin still be funny on Twitter and post oh, Halo man, clips. He's the though. best. Oh, my God. He is. He is, the he, best. is he is really good. He is really, really good. Did you um see that? Okay, there's one meme he posted where you know the one where the dad checks in on the uh, kid playing video games. Yeah, yeah he's like, "Are you winning?" winning? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what was the What was the second part? And then he's just like, "I'm sorry, father," because like I think the sh- like the uh, AHL Sharks were like I think they lost really badly that game. Ah, that's unfortunate. Hey, they got they got guys coming. Obviously, what um what's his name is overseas. He was they fell to him. Uh, Eckland. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Willie Mackland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got guys like that. You know, they'll uh they'll be good. They'll Ryan be good. Merkley. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah, but Brian Merkley. Yeah. Ozzy yeah, Westblad. Yeah, we want to talk about guys yeah. who had attitude apparently following them for a couple of weeks. Maybe not Merkley. Maybe not. Anyway. 
Um, the PHF and the PWP eight. PWHPA, I had it in front of me too. Um, they will not be working together. Uh, an amazing article from Haley Salvian on the Athletic. She's great, isn't she? Um, talking about that when it, the meeting came together and these two discussed working together, it's kind of phrased from the PWHPA sort of the point of view here. It isn't taking the side, I should say. It's more showing their perspective on this decision, which is very important for the, the context of the article. Um, it seems to me that the PHF didn't have much proof to show a real business model rather than there was this principle of, ah, we got to work together in hugs and kisses and rainbows and all that kind of stuff. Uh, there is more details here, including how, like, let me just quickly get it up here. I think it's Nick Boynton, uh, if I'm remembering his name. John Boynton, sorry. Uh, the, I'm going to read a little snippet here from uh, the article. I'm not going to read it all because go read the stuff in The Athletic. It's all really good. Um, John Boynton, the chairman of the PHF Board of Governors and a team owner, is also found, uh, founding shareholder of the Yanda- of Yandex, a Russian technology company that was recently described by Wired as Russia's, Russia's Google, Uber, Spotify, and Amazon combined. Um, Boynton is part of a group, the BTM Partners, that currently owns the Boston Pride and the Metropolitan Riveters. Uh, the PHF announced that the Toronto Six, uh, which until recently were owned by BTM Partners, has been sold to a BIPOC group that includes, as we know, uh, Angela James and Anthony Stewart. Since Russia invaded Ukraine in February, sports, federation, um, sports federations have not only condemned the actions, but have also cut ties with Russian partners. The NHL has suspended its relations with, uh, relationship with the Index and all Russian business partners. The NHL first partnered with the Index in 2019 and recently signed a multi-year extension with it. And a lot of concerns that the PWHPA, I am so sorry, the PWHPA have is if the NHL aren't willing to do business with them, what does that do for our league here and now? Amongst some other things there. Um, it is so unfortunate to see this happen. Um, there's some, again, there's other stuff in there and it goes in some of the recent history of the PHF. It's re- really encourage you to go read it guys, but um, oh, it's such a shame. Such a shame. There's so much potential there. Yeah. It, 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 it's definitely a shame. And I want to read a tweet here. But first, you know, I, I guess, and I could be completely off of what I've been reading about the PWHPA and the PHF. It just, maybe PWHPA is like, okay, I like we can do something on our own. I, and, and, you know, I've been listening to... Um, the Noxie and Cax show, and they had a show where they were talking about this um, and the idea that why there has to be one league. And I want to read this tweet from Danny Ryland, who was the commissioner of the uh, NWHL before they rebranded to the PHF from 2015 uh, to 2020. And she goes, this is she, sorry, she quote tweeted Haley Salvian's article. Uh, I understand the PWHPA's decision. They worked hard to build something for players. Good luck to the players and leaders, to the fans. Be patient and assume nothing. I believe you're going to be blown away by what's next for the PWHPA. Best wishes also to the PHF, which will be back with big plans. The players have earned the commitment, sorry, have earned the committed big salary increases from ownership with their talent and loyalty and dedication. I can't wait to watch you play in season eight. Now, I believe a few NHL teams have partnered with the PWHPA, right? 
And I wonder, and not necessarily the league as a whole, but if you can get individual teams on board, I, I, I don't see why that would be an issue. I like, again, I said last episode, I don't know why you would want the NHL involved the way they've handled the last, I don't know, 24 months, but I don't like if they're, if they have, they, if they're planning on committing to growing the game of women's hockey, I'm not opposed to having individual teams be involved with the PWHPA and have the PHF on its own. What was the word that the NHL teams didn't want to commit without Batman's blessing? Well, if Batman, this is what I wonder because we still don't know what the call exactly said with the between all three parties involved, the two right. women's leagues and then Batman. But if the, I wonder if the PWHPA, I hope I said it right. That's I'm yep. so sorry. Um, yeah. If they can, they show their concerns, and as long as it's not overstepping too many bounds, if more of those NHL teams do do it, because what I want to say, the Penguins held the Olympic rematch. Yeah. Um, I think Montreal and Toronto have ho- or and Chicago too. I want to say hosted and Washington, I think, and hosted some of their showcases. And yeah, they need a league because they there's been word they want to get off the momentum of of the Olympics because they've just been having these weird showcases, which are fine, but it's just you know it's so limited with it. It's like uh, yeah. the Harvey's PWPAT. <laughs> it's like okay, cool, but I need a bit more here. And that that's not the first tweet I've seen that. Like I oh, what what happened there? That's the first time I think Alex's mic has ever disconnected. Uh, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes, yes you can hear you. Awesome. Yeah. Um, that's not that's the first. That's not the first time. Sorry, I've heard where something along the lines of I believe you're going to be blown away by what's next for the PWHPA. Prior to that meeting with the PHF, you know, I saw a few tweets saying, "Oh, something's coming, something's coming." Now that could have been the meeting, um, but. Again, this isn't the first time I've heard something. I've read something, sorry, about the PWHP and something coming next. So I have a, I hope something's coming. And whether that's one league or whether that's two leagues, just give me women's hockey. Like, I think the Olympics was the absolute proving point. Not that for me, at least, but I think for a lot of people where the fact that they were able to, the gold medal game, got more viewers than any NHL game. And it started at 11 o'clock at night. I agree. Like with the way the momentum is going for this, and we've said it so many times. And I remember, um, I cannot remember who said it, but it was recently on CBC where they were talking about this conversation they're having about the women's leagues. It's something that's being rehashed again. And it's something that should have been fixed a long time ago. So we talk about momentum, you know, excitement and it's crazy. It's already April, but it's like, you know, please just, please just do something you like, whatever you can in terms of at keeping that excitement going after the Olympics for women's hockey. And then the other example that they mentioned was 2006 in Torino when, when there were NHL players, um, Canada finished eighth for the men's, but they won the gold for the women's. And then there was a conversation there as well. It's like, hey, you know, the women's went all the way for this. Why don't we, you know, give it more exposure? And then again, it's just kind of like it didn't go the way we wanted. And then we're having that conversation again in 2022 about 
all right, you know, we had that great momentum going. Uh, what are we going to do now to grow it? But it's still just seeing all these like small showcases that I think eventually that's going to run out of steam, in my opinion. That's eventually, yeah, like it's going to be is like, okay, what are these showcases for necessarily if I can't have accessibility to view the actual games? are showcasing women's hockey and how can you watch women's hockey where well, you're getting your showcase what else do you want but you know hopefully they have the tools they have a majority of the player i think it was in Haley salvian's article they have most of the the post collegiate players with them you know again they have hillary knight they have mary philippe land they have melly the they have them all they're all there um so let's go sydney crosby you thought I'd forget about it, didn't you, you TikTok listeners? Ah, no, no, no. Uh, Sidney Crosby has hit 1,400 points in game 1,100. Um, now, there's another player who hit 1,400 points a couple weeks ago, but I withheld it because I knew how close Crosby was. Number 21 and 22 in scoring respective, uh, respectfully. No, respectively, Adam, nice. Um, 1,405 for Alex Ovechkin, 1,402 for Sidney Crosby. Um, by the way, that point fourteen hundred for Crosby was an overtime winner. I just love seeing them close together. And obviously, Crosby should be much more ahead, but concussions and all that type of stuff happens. Um, but man, that's so cool to see. I hope whenever those guys finish that they are still right next to each other. This is so cool to see. You know, it's kind of crazy. I know that uh... that Sidney Crosby's not getting enough heart votes this year when he really should. Yeah, probably that too. But another thing too is um, they're what is it? They're second and third in active points. Who's ahead of them? <laughs> Hold on. We talked about him today. He's a former Leaf. Marlo? No. Thornton? No. Yes, Joe Thornton. No way. Yeah, he is. He is. Hold on, active players. Go jumbo that old man. We're talking with an extra. Oh, well, Alex, your Alex, mic is you sound in a box. You. Oh my god, Thornton's at fifteen hundred points. Oh my. Yeah, that man, he just he passed a lot of pucks. Oh, good for him. Yeah, okay, okay. Good. They, they'll they'll over it. They'll they'll pass him. Okay, we need to stop saying that Patrick Marlowe is an active player. That's not true. <laughs> we need to stop with that. Where is he? Okay. Um, hanging he, out. He's somewhere. He's yeah. he's maybe he's in Switzerland or something, but hey. Ovechkin, Crosby, good to see you guys. Um, okay. Dallas Aikens will be back next year. Apparently, the Ducks have used their team option for the next year of his contract. Uh, that's the first time in the NHL I've heard the term team option used in a very long time. Yeah. That's yeah. not a very well, – they must like him then. Okay. From what I've read um, from The Athletic right now and uh, what's been going on, I think it was at Eric – I forgot his name. Not Eric Thomas. Eric. Not anyways, anyways, for him, um, he mentioned that the speculation with this move is that Eric Stevens, not Eric Stevens. Yes, Eric Stevens. Um, the speculation here is that we know it's going to be a growing pains type of year. And why, like, why? change things when you have a lot of young guys coming up who were with Dallas Aikens for quite some time in the AHL and just let the development keep on going. And then when they're ready to compete again, make that change. So that's the way I kind of see it where expect things to go that way. But, you know, I'm, I'm the Leafs fan today. So, you know, if things are going to change, maybe John Gibson goes to the Leafs, finds his way there. 
Yeah. Now, now that's two of three people on the podcast who believe that John yes. Gibson will be a Leaf next year. I just, I love the guy right now. I just want him to just want him to do well, like for the rest of his prime. And then Jay Fresco mentioned his goal saved above average the last couple of years, and it's yeah. the whole thing. And it's like, oh, come on, just let's be happy here. Let's be happy here. Uh, Drew Doughty is out for the year. Uh, should be ready for training camp, I think they said, but he's he's gone. Um, now LA and Vancouver, so LA and um, LA won last night. Vancouver won, but the Canuck, the Golden Knights got a point out of Vancouver. Mark Stone is back, by the way, so that's really good um, because they had to throw like a bunch of players on LTIR. I don't know how it works, and neither do you. Um, so as of right now, the Kings are three points ahead of Vegas. Vegas have a game in hand, and the injuries are catching up for LA. It's not just Dowdy; they are. Yeah. They're beaten up right now um, because I think it's safe to say if we get the wild card up right now, the Golden Knights are, hold on a minute. They are three points back of Dallas. Dallas to have a game in hand. They're four points back of Nashville. So the best shot they really have right now to make it in is that wild card. Sorry, is the is third in the Pacific and the Kings are four, four and two in their last 10. They're also six and 10 without your Doughty. That's not good. Uh, man, he's uh quietly Dowdy really turned his career around again, eh? Yeah, yeah. Or no six eight about that. or six eight and two. Sorry. What's the record without Phil Deneau? How many exactly. games? I don't know. I I haven't. Uh, Did he play haven't the full missed. season? No, he had. Uh, I'll double. Twenty goal scorer. That's what I know. He uh, they've played seventy five <laughs> games for reference. By the way. How okay, games. I'll I'll pull it up one second. He's a good player, isn't he? But Vegas, yeah, they're um. I want them to miss so badly, like so badly. That team has had to go through no adversity in its life. L.A. Uh, no, uh, no sorry. Vegas. 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 Sorry, Vegas. sorry. No, I, was I just want Bill to know to make the playoffs yeah. and Kopitar. I love those two. No, yeah, Vegas has gone through. It's. Uh, I always. Uh, it's. I mean, maybe you love it as you guys love it as well, but I always love reading uh, Vegas fans like when they complain. I'm like, <laughs> what do you oh, have? No. Let me explain oh. pain to you, Vegas fans. Pain. Okay, pain. You That's like, calm down. <laughs> like I've watched my team and the pretend to be good and then just f- fall in a dumpster. Okay, have you ever seen your uh, favorite player miss an entire season? You ever seen them miss nearly two entire seasons? Oh. Seen your team? I oh, know you have seen them lose in the Cup final, but you know that was yeah. house money. Um, you know, you ever seen you ever miss the playoffs? No, what a shame. You ever not have a Vesna caliber goalie with you? No, oh, mm. oh yeah, you traded him because you didn't need him, <laughs> and you got another former vi- like final Vesna mm. finalist on the team, yeah, and the Norris Trophy winner, and the guy who and, can pop 40 goals, and the Selkie guy, yeah. Oh, wow, <laughs> I feel so bad for you. <laughs> And we should keep going. You're a Vegas fan. You probably live in Vegas. Oh, oh, what was me? No, no, not at all. I'm not interested. I'm not interested in your complaining. If I'm being a hundred percent honest, I want them to miss so badly, Uh, but I just, I, my gut saying they're going to make it because I just don't know how much more gas the LA Kings have left. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be a tough battle. And and like I just, it, it's rough. I don't. I really just don't know, because while LA is not that they're falling off per se, but they're not great without, um, 
with, they have not been great without Drew Doughty. Whereas now Vegas are starting to get some of their guys back. Last night they got Mark Stone back. Um, and, and I'm sure as the, as the days progress, magically they will get other guys back um, as well. I want to pull up this Daryl Sutter quote that he just said like half an hour ago, but you like, you get what I mean? As LA is falling a little bit, Vegas is coming on the up. It, it's going to be rough. Mm-hmm. Let's see if I can find is this. Is it going to be Lindy? But yeah, it's going to be Lindy rough. Okay. Yes, I got I got that one. Uh, so this is Daryl Sutter uh, earlier today, actually a couple hours ago on the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, when they have the full squad, they're the favorites to win the Stanley Cup. Other than the team that has the Stanley Cup, they're the favorites. Then he says they have a hundred million dollar payroll, so they have to figure out how to keep 20 out. And apparently uh, after saying that Haley, Haley Salvian said that the best part about this was the awkward silence after leading into a quote, rules are rules, I guess, shrug by Daryl, man. <laughs> he's, amazing. I, I love Daryl Sutter. We all, we all thought, uh, we all thought that was going to be horrible and uh, we were wrong. <laughs> well, and who would have thought making, it's so weird to think that Daryl Sutter coaches one of the most analytically loved teams ever. Yeah. Yeah. That's so weird. And they say defense doesn't matter. But he still has his own guy. I don't know. But he, like that identity he's brought to it. Like Man, it's, it's his guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, Johnny Goudreau helps. Yeah. Yeah. Makachuk helps. And, you know, and Lias and not Lias, the other um, Rasmus Anderson. Yeah. I was looking at all the Rasmus, the Rasmai in the league, by the way, because I was looking at Rasmus <laughs> Aslan. Yeah. Um, of all the Rasmai, only two are Finnish, the rest are Swedish. Oh. And who are the two Finnish? Uh Ristolainen and Kupari. Right. Right. Interesting. Right. right. Well, I believe it's hurt for the Kings. I could be wrong, but yeah, everyone else is is Swedish. Uh Rasmus. That's the interesting stat for the day. He used to be a baseball player on the blue, not on the Blue Jays, but um, he used to be on the Astros of the Dodgers. His name, oh no, he was on the Blue Jays. Never mind, he was on the Astros too. Colby Rasmus. Was he a cheater? Colby Rasmus. No, no, he wasn't there when they won. Yeah, but his last name is Rasmus. It doesn't count. Okay, (laughs) it doesn't count. Where's he from? Find that interesting. Where's he from? He's probably American. We'll find out. No, it doesn't count. He's from Columbus, Georgia. Okay, oh. if his first name was Rasmus, it counts. With the country fake, or the state? The state. Okay. Okay, and that's that's everything. Wait, wait. Um, before we go, before we go, and very important. Okay, this is our last show before the NBA playoffs start. I know oh, we're a hockey yeah, podcast, yes. but the Raptors are playing 76ers. Raptors I have six. I've placed my bet. What have you guys done? Uh, Raptors in seven. What did uh, you say, Alex? I have Raptors in seven. Man, I mean, Adam is confident. Adam is confident. I, see, is confident. Listen, I, I have started to gain a little knowledge on the game of basketball. But here's what I knew before. There's a lot of questions about Doc Rivers' as coach. James Harden. Glenn Rivers. I've been told. I, I don't know if you guys watched the Raptors show. What? So, okay. I, Daniel, do you know? Like his his real his, his like first his doc name is, is yeah. Doc is his okay. nickname. Yeah. Okay, let me explain. His Doc is his nickname, but Nick Nurse has a doctorate. It's like he's legitimately has a doctorate. So on the Raptors doctor show Nurse. Sportsnet. What? 
I'm not entirely sure, but on the Raptors show on Sportsnet Fet, the Fan 590, they now only refer to Doc Rivers as Glenn Rivers because they're respecting Nick Nurse, who has a doctorate. Doc Nurse. Okay. Okay. So anyway, I, I, I apparently Doc Rivers is kind of like um, Bruce Boudreau, not great in the playoffs. James Harden apparently not very good in the playoffs. Yeah, you got Embiid, but they apparently there are questions who's Garden Siakam. I think he's been kind of questioned in the past, though, but if he's going to watch, it's going to happen. Um, yeah, MVP, probably Joel Embiid, but we'll see what happens. I, I'm I think still think it's Jokic. I mean, you know who voted for Joel Embiid? Who did? Stephen A. Smith. Oh, they're going to say Will Baldwin because he did. Uh, yeah, because well, I mean, when you're the first score, the first center to win the scoring title since Shaq, I mean, you're pretty decent, right? I just like the all around guys. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, uh, the Lakers, uh, Leave Nick Nurse alone. Yes, I've had enough. Genie Burt, boss, you get out of here. First, first the first the Knicks going after uh, Kawhi. Uh, not Kawhi. Um, Masai. Yeah. I wonder I've at the enough. time how badly Stephen A. Smith was wanting that to happen. Oh, very badly. Yeah. Very badly. Because the Knicks management just ran away all year from the man, and then did a did an interview on Madison Square Garden Network. <laughs> The momentum has gone there, by the way, with the Knicks. They made the playoffs last year, and then they didn't do anything at all to improve themselves. Because Julius Randle doesn't use both his hands. Is that what Stephen A. Smith said? Yeah, apparently he only goes left. Like, that's it. Apparently he's happy happy that... um, Oh, who's the kid? R.J. Barrett started being a bit more... uh, What's the term? The Canadian Uh, boy. Dexterous or something. That's a difficult word for me to say, but yeah, he's... Yeah, but no, it was... uh, He's from Bray. Yeah, 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 yeah. My man. Yeah. So it's just, um, yeah. The Knicks are the Knicks are bad. Yeah. By the way, Steve Nash is his godfather. Yes, you said yes, that before. Yes. Yeah, because yeah, Rowan Barrett, Barrett, his dad, they played together in the Olympic team. Good. Good. Um, so go Canada in all aspects of the game, whatever sport it is. Milwaukee is going back to back. By the way. No, no, no it's Phoenix. No, it's not. It's Phoenix. And with that, you both are wrong. It's the Raptors. Alex, it's not (laughs) Alex. I'm I'm stretching. They're playing. They're playing. They're playing so. They're playing with so much house money. I love it. Yeah, can Kyrie? Kyrie's not. He still never got the vaccine, so he technically wouldn't be able to play, right, for the home games. Like the yeah, yeah, Toronto, yeah, yeah, Brooklyn. If they if they run into Brooklyn, which I don't know, Katie's going to be on a mission, man. And if Ben Simmons can actually play, what's up with him? What's up? Load management. I mean, you know, I think he's uh, he's a load of something, Ben Simmons. Um, and that's it. Okay. We were going to have someone on talk about basketball, but it didn't quite work out. So this is the best you're getting. Um, anyway. Three guys talking about basketball. We usually talk about hockey. Yeah. I hope I feel, you know, I feel like that's better than what we've done in the past. Yeah. Because I've actually educated myself. Mm, and I'm really proud. Thank you. Thank you. Don't expect it for baseball, though. I can't watch that sport. No, no, we'll be patient with that one. You're gonna be waiting a lot. You're waiting until the Expos come back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <sighs> Thank you for listening. Uh, check out the links below for everything you need, especially the TikTok. Love the TikTok. We'll see you later. <laughs>